Now Frampton. Wanted to go to side bottom. Had to control it. Slid off the hands. Spills to Nagoe. Hoists the high left foot ball. Oh, oh. he oh. trick on the line. Oh, don't tell me this goal up by is going to review it again. Battle fell into him. Couldn't take the mark. Scrambled away. For Hunter Clark. Philippo. Oh, but look at that. Massive. <laughs> Saint Matthias. Even he looked at the umpire with the look of. It's under it. Couldn't take it. Wide to Cameron, on his right boot, oh, something special from Jezza, he can do everything. Welcome listeners, the MPO Sports Podcast Weekly Review of the AFL Round, and I believe it's round nine gone. I'm Tim, I'm joined by Woody, and we have the fortunate... Appearance of our, well, we'll say editor, producer, put it together for our final piece, um, Josh, who's a Collingwood supporter. How are you, Josh? Yeah, not too bad. Just, um, just you know, been working, and I went to the game against Sydney as well, and that was a pretty, it was a, it was a, it was a wet one, cold one, sunny one at the same time. But yeah, it's a pretty good game. I was happy with the results. <laughs> I, must, I must say, I was at a game that overlapped with your game, and I was much happier at the venue I was at than what you would have been in the rain. But anyway, no, that goes aside. Yeah. How are you, Woody? No, I'm uh, going okay. Not too bad. <clears throat> okay. Well, my little bit of an editorial intro is um, a, a shout-out to... All the scathing Melbourne supporters that will be extremely impressed with the um, penalty being upheld tonight and the two-week stand, I'll just make it clear. I, for one, don't think that sort of thing should be reportable in the current in the modern game. But let's be re- um, honest. The reality of the climate is uh, a player ends up injured or concussed, you're pretty much in strife, whether it be a bump, tackle, or an uncoordinated swipe at trying to hit the ball and you hit the player, which is what it was. Yet again, don't necessarily agree it should be reportable, but not surprised it got upheld. So stop your whinging, stop your sooking, get over it, and see him in three weeks. Anyway, um, what are your thoughts on that one? Guys, uh, yeah, I'm sort of with you. We know it's very soft to get reported, um, even worse to get suspended. But we know the AFL look at the injury report rather than what actually happened. And let's be honest, Ballard actually sustained that injury in an earlier incident, and that just sort of exacerbated it a bit. But it's just a sign of how soft the AFL is. Well, well, the the, the bottom the bottom line is. Did the Melbourne player get the ball? No. Did the Melbourne player get the player high? Yes. And under the current climate, it's screwed city, isn't it? Yeah, you can't take any chances at all, unfortunately. Which I don't think it's in the spirit of the game, but it's we know that's the way the game goes now. Um, it's unfortunate. Um, and Van Ryan's actually looking like he's going to be a handy player too. But, yeah, just that that's the way it is and... 
It's like we we carry on every week about how soft the AFL is, but I think it's getting to the point where we just have to accept it and ignore this sort of stuff, don't we? Just cop it. Yeah, and look, as I said, I, look, I think it's soft, but when you're running off the fly to the ball as a defender, you're normally going to concede at least a free kick, aren't you? Because not too often you get the ball cleanly and don't interfere on the player. Yeah, exactly right. You got any thoughts on it, Josh? Yeah, look, look. The que- the question is, was yeah, like, was he was he going for the ball or was he going for the player? That's what people have been talking about. Look, it, it looked like he was like, you know, it looked like mm-hmm. it could look like in slow motion he was going, he was going, you know, for the player. But it's going in fast motion, and when you're running at someone, you jump, you know, and you collect them, you know, you just can't help that. I reckon that they the tribunal should really look at the situation rather than what happens afterwards. Like if the player gets injured, that's just unfortunate. But it's a bit different if you're going for the player than if they get injured, fair enough. But if you're going for the ball and then they look afterwards like what happened to the player, it's like more accidental than anything. So that's why it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit on and off. But two weeks, I think that's a bit stiff in my opinion. But is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. But it is the current climate. And it's like, um, just before we move on, it's like the Canamini one at St Kilda, the Collingwood player. Um, oh, yeah. Did a, yeah. Did a cheap yeah. shot. Caminiti's lashed out. He's ducked. Yeah. He got him high. And he had to take the three weeks, which I thought was bullshit myself. But you get over it and they come back in that time. And yeah. And being a kid, it doesn't hurt to have a rest anyway, but you'd probably like it as a um, planned rest, not an unplanned one, but that's it. So um, you were saying you had the misfortune, well, I would say misfortune, of attending the uh, Collingwood-Sydney game. <laughs> My question is, what did you think about the attention that Dacos got? Um, I'd say I'll say expected. You know, he started, he started off pretty hot. Um, people, people said he was high in the Brownlow count. Which, uh, look, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. I don't, I don't think. It, well, he would be collecting votes, but I'm not sure he'd be top. But of course, he would cop a lot of attention when you're getting like 40 touches, and you, you know, you just they they call him cheap touches, but it's what he does with the ball. I think he's been really effective. Well, mm-hmm. not the last two weeks because he's got the hard tag on him. But that's honestly, it's not hard to stop someone if you put a hard tag and you're roughing him up a bit, which he's copped for the last two weeks, but we still get the job done. Like we still got the job done and it'll be interesting to see if he does cop hard tags, you know, in the coming weeks against, you know, more tougher like Adelaide was a tough opposition, but you know, a lot more tougher if they you know, if they chuck a tag on him, see what we do. But I think we've handled it quite well and it's been a bit predictable. I think we've prepared for it. I think that's what happened, to be honest. I think the only one that hasn't handled it well or handled a couple of things well um, is the Collingwood supporters. I think the players have been absolutely um, professional on and off the field. I tend to agree. Um, But, uh, yeah, I think there's a few short memories from Collingwood supporters on that matter because I do think if you wind it back to when Jack Watts played his first ever game of AFL football oh, against yeah. Collingwood, and they're crying, some of them are crying blue murder. So, yeah, I just think um, short memories. 
oh, look, the way the way Sydney, you know, went about it, you know, trying to get him off his game and trying to roughen him up and stuff. Look, I'm not look, I'm not I'm not against that completely, to be honest. Like when when Maynard and Josh got stuck back into Papley, I was enjoying that because, you know, I think Papley's a grub. That's just my opinion. But look, when either way, like if we cop one or we give it one back, like, you know, I, I like that a part of the game. As long as you're not, you know, like knocking people out. But yeah, I don't know. That, that's just me personally. I like the bit of the old school in footy. That's just me personally. <laughs> Yeah, well, look, I'll, yeah. I'll be honest. Um, I, the guy is that big of a grub that it escapes me. But the <laughs> the thing I said about um, when Caminiti got um, done, oh, that was grub-like by the Collingwood player in the first yeah, place. Yeah, Mur- yeah. Murph said himself he wanted to add add that a bit because he felt like he he wasn't being physical enough. So he's been doing that from the start of the season, you know, being a bit physical towards his opponent. And in that case, he was a bit too physical and he caused him to lash out, which, look, I don't think he should have got three weeks, but, you know, I actually think three weeks. He, yeah. Oh, look, you copped the three weeks, yeah. but I, yeah. I think the one that initiated should have got a week for lashing out as well. Yeah. But he got a week anyway because he got concussed because he's got a soft head. But anyway, um, so what else is burning for Collingwood in your opinion? Uh, I'd say I'd say like we we're not um how would I say we're we're playing our game and it's like and it's getting wins on the board. But you know, like you can call me a, a bit pessimistic, but I think it's not gonna la- it's not gonna last every game. And I think our I think sometimes our entry into 50 can be really poor, like our decision-making. It really frustrated me. I know we still got the win, but that's what really frustrated me. We played this really high-intensity, you know, um, how would you say, like, flood flood the contest, you know, and, yep. high, yeah, and high pressure, but it can lead to easy chances for the other team. And I, and I think we just got to play our cards right and, you know, make right decisions to kill the team <laughs> off early. That's what I want to see, personally. Well, yeah. I I think you could argue the signs over the last couple of weeks are there where you've won close games um, that maybe you, you're going to fall into a period of flatness for a couple of weeks. I just think you got out of jail a couple of times. It doesn't mean it's... We good. didn't... Yeah, yeah. Look, we didn't deserve to beat Adelaide. Like, we got the win. I'm happy, but I don't think we deserve that because I was just crazy inaccurate. Same for Sydney. They were crazy inaccurate too. We're not, that's not going to happen every week. we got to, like, be prepared for that. we just got to make better decisions going inside 50 and when we're, you know, running through the guts, as the old saying, you know, running through the corridor with our handball. Yeah. It has to be better decisions. That's all I want to see. Yeah, personally. Yeah, yeah. I, I, all I'm getting at is I, I don't think... Uh, the flat periods that far away where you might drop a couple of games. Um, yeah. Every club has them. It's impossible exactly. to be up for the whole uh, season. Um, it's just some will normally have it the other side of the bye. It looks like, who knows, you might get it this side of the bye. Exactly right. I, yeah. Woody hasn't spoken yet. <laughs> I don't know if he's got no, an no, opinion on good. the prize, but <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know if you've got an opinion, mate. You know, you've you've made you've made, uh, you've made some controversial stuff. Well, I wouldn't say controversial, but you've stirred some pie supporters up <laughs> the last few months. It's 
pretty funny. Oh, yeah. yeah. Your, your, your opinions, mate. <laughs> we do have yeah, a yeah, good time. So good. Um, yeah. Makes me laugh. Yeah. You know what, though? Like Tim mentioned before about um, the Pies winning all those close games. Or, or, uh, initially, like last year, you're thinking it's a bit of luck, but when they do it time after time after time, mm. um, it's actually a system. They know how to win games and they know what exactly. to do when it matters yeah. most. So. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's actually got much to do with luck. I think it's just they they know what to do and when to do it. Exactly. Nah, nah, you're exactly right. Nah, it's very true because we I do train know, that. I reckon it's a bit of picking the prey because it's. I don't think they get away with a close win like that against a Melbourne, for example. I think it's it's horses for courses a little bit. No, uh, I just think they've got a system that works. Um, especially in those yeah. closer games, so um, and they believe in each other, so that that's a big reason why as well. They've, exactly. they've got trust no, in each I other suppose, to do what's required. I suppose when you're um, in a situation where you've got sixty percent of the crowd that's following you, and we know umpires are influenced by noise, not necessarily that close games. I would probably prefer to be Collingwood. No, um, yeah, no, that, yeah, that's no. probably fair. Yeah, it, I, don't, I, don't, yeah, fair. yeah. I don't think we bang on about the umpires really. Though. I think it's just oh, yeah, the, not, the crowd. I'm not by the any means. Give a, the crowd can give a team a lift, and yeah, you're right. The umpires can give into that pressure a little bit, but I don't think. Yeah. It, let's not say that that influences the games, and that's what why they win. It just, oh, and everything plays no a part. Not, yeah, by no means was I saying it influences the game, but it does mm-hmm. sometimes influence. It's a 50-50 call. Uh, potentially, yeah. Mm. So what's probably more exciting for the listeners is Carlton lost again. <laughs> mm. I'm wondering what Woody's got to say. Um, I'm not actually going to talk about the game because, uh, well, I'll, I'll mention briefly that we lost by 24 <laughs> points to Brisbane, but that scoreline flattered us a lot. Brisbane were so much better for the whole game, especially Josh Dunkley. Um, all, during the week, Adam Cherry was asked about, about Carlton and their chances for finals. Whatever. He's come out, and Brian Cook did it last week as well, and they've said, oh, making the finals isn't a failure. Um, this, is, this is the problem with the club. Um, they've got no standards and no expectations and they accept mediocrity. Um, now, Adam Chera said, oh, making the finals isn't, it's not, you know, it's not, not the end. Oh, no, Brian Cook said it's not the end of the world and Chera said it's not a failure if we don't miss the finals. We just need to work on improvement. Well, Adam Chera, we the missed piss. The- They're taking the piss. We, well, like, taking the piss, mate. We not finished, a failure. Oh, we, we finished yeah, yeah. Go, last go on, year. Yeah. We finished ninth last year by half a percent, right? Fair enough, we lost that those last two close games to Melbourne and Collingwood. But at the end of the day, we lost, uh, we missed the finals. We finished ninth by half a percent. Now, to all you idiots out there that think that um, percentage doesn't matter, we missed by half a percent, which equals about two goals across the course of the season. So it does matter. And back to Adam Chera saying, oh, it's not a failure. We just need to improve. Well, we finished ninth by half a percent, and improvement is making the finals, you dickhead. 
Right? When the players um, come out like that and say, oh, we don't need to make finals, and the CEO says, oh, we don't need to make finals, you're absolutely mm-hmm. taking the piss. And when the supporter base mm-hmm. is saying we need to make finals and the club and the people involved in the club are saying, oh, no, we don't, there's a massive disconnect with expectation between the fans who quite honestly have had enough and the bullshit that the club keeps spinning. Yep. Woody, two points on that. First of all, looking at the game, um, just for a brief second, Brisbane, obviously a top four side. Carlton, certainly not a top four side. 24-point loss, I wouldn't say was horrible because I would expect Brisbane to probably win by five or more goals because yeah, they're well, a top four side. On, on paper, it doesn't look bad, but when they were 40-something points up in the last quarter and we just kicked the last three goals, it brought it back in. But it was a yeah. seven or eight goal win, realistically. Yeah, but my point is, I'm not surprised Brisbane won the game. So, oh, I didn't a top to win. No, that's right. Now, just on um, percentage, it's funny enough, at the game, I was talking to a lady who was sitting behind me on Sunday, and she was making comment about, um, oh, we should be second. And I said, no, because Melbourne have got a, a better percentage at the moment, right? And she um, made the comment, oh, it's only percentage. I said, yeah, but percentage is the same as a win when it comes to where you finish in the finals. Mm-hmm. So it is important, which is pretty much what you're alluding to with yeah, um, that's right. it, it definitely matters. If you're going to pretend that it doesn't, um, <clears throat> maybe just clue yourself up on how the game works um, before you come in again because every year, top four positions, top <clears throat> six home finals, top eight positions, you know, even down to the bottom end of the draft with draft picks and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it's all, all decided by percentage. Every year there's teams that miss out on something, whether it's a final spot, a top four or a home final because of percentage. So yep. but don't don't come and say, oh, it doesn't matter. It's it's pretty important. And clubs play at lip service with their shit kicking for goal. But um yeah, it's it's quite important. Can, can I can, can I can I add yeah. something? Yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Right now with Carlton, right, like saying saying, you know, oh, if we don't make finals, it's not a failure. Hundred percent it's a failure. You you gotta be doing it. Like you, you have to make finals. Like it's been so long since you haven't made the finals, and you've recruited all these players. You know, spending I don't know who you're paying top dollar, but anyway, that you should be making. No one that's earning that it. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, how you're performing? Is it like a mentality aspect? Like, you know, you don't have the, the players don't have the mentality no, to it's... get get the four points, or is it just you know the game plan? Like you're playing too slow. Because I've yeah, noticed like, you're playing yeah. very slow. That's like my oh, opinion. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We yeah. play very slow. And then when you do that, you need to have the, the players with the skills to hit targets. Exactly. Which we don't have. Exactly but right. Yeah. Back to back to what it is with the player mentality. Well, when Chara comes out and says we don't have to make finals to have a successful <laughs> yeah. season, and the CEO says, Oh, <laughs> finals isn't isn't the end of the world. Um how, how can 
how can us as fans and members take the club seriously when they're saying that, you know, close enough is good enough? It's not good enough and it hasn't been good enough for a long time. This club... Very Spursy mentality. This club is so <laughs> far entrenched in a hole of mediocrity that mediocrity yeah. has become the standard. The club is actually thinks that it's a it's an achievement to not be bottom four and they think they're doing a good job. It's oh, absolute geez. bullshit and the fans uh, have had enough. Um, Woody, did um, Carlton miss the opportunity to get the man that's got his side third on the ladder? Did they make a, make the mistake by um, hiring Voss? Um, you know what? I don't think they did as such because Ross Lyon come in and said, if you want me to have the job, give it to me. And the club was saying that they're going through a um, a process and everyone needs to be interviewed on So that to me says that the club had standards and a process and they were sticking to it, which was fine. But then now when you've got the players and officials coming out and saying finals isn't like it's just mixed messaging too like they're saying we've got standards and this this is the process and you have to stick to your standards and your processes um when you're hiring the coach but now that Voss has got the job and we look like dog shit on the field they're saying ah doesn't matter if we don't make finals we don't care about winning like that's just crap well when you compare the two options like let's take aside the um fact that Ross said all right, if you want me, give it to me versus going through a process. And maybe he shouldn't have had to go through a full process because he had some runs on the board compared to, say, Voss, but there probably should have been an interview anyway. But yeah. when you weigh it up, um, Ross Lyon is a bad bounce and a goal given for a ball that hit a goal post off being a dual premiership coach. Um, what's Voss done? Um, well, he's talked a lot of shit at press conferences, but so far, nothing. Yep. Yep. And what else is burning on the Carlton subject for you? Um, the only other thing that I wanted to make mention of, and this is a Carlton slash St Kilda topic, is um, there was a bloke that uh, you guys picked up late in the in the piece with um, the supplementary picks um, by the name of Liam Stocker, who's just slotted in perfectly to that side at St Kilda. Um, he's a player that I didn't want to lose and I was disappointed and bamboozled really why we would let him go. And he's he's done nothing but prove me right so far at St Kilda. Been impressive. It's been really impressive so far. And... For a team like Carlton that's midfield, I think, has been overestimated for the last couple of years and it's been found out more so this year in, in um, games against better teams, lacks that polish on foot skills. Yeah, and one thing, does, yep, one thing that Stocker does is I'd argue he's in the best handful of field kicks getting around at the moment. Yeah, there was one one passage on the weekend where he's taken a, a contested mark sort of on the wing slash half forward for St Kilda. And then um, he's got up, turned around and off a couple of steps, he's just pinpointed a 40-metre pass to a teammate um, standing in between four North Melbourne players. Um, yep, and he's added something for St Kilda. And he's got Mungle he's too. That. He loves the yeah, he he's, a, he's just a Ross Lyon type player, isn't he? So... You can see why Ross Lyon likes him. 
you'll find that Ross Lyon will use, this will sound a bit silly, but Ross Lyon, because of his kicking, because of Stocker's kicking skill, will probably utilise him very similar to the way Ross utilised BJ Goddard with that off half back, knowing that he can actually hit a target in traffic. Because yeah, that's I, what he did use BJ a lot for. Yeah, I also think that there's going to be times where he throws him in the midfield or gets him up the ground to clean up that entry inside forward 50 if needed as well. I tell you, um, as we move towards the St Kilda um, subject, tell you what it does look good is either having the ball in Stocker's hands, Hill's hands, or uh, Nakaya, um, Nakaya's hands. Nasaya, 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 Nasaya. Having it in either of those three hands going into 50, absolutely, you know, they're going to hit a target or worst case scenario, kick it to a 60-40 opportunity versus a 50-50. Yeah. Yeah, they're, so um, is there anything they're in good hands, I think, St Kilda. Anything else going on for Carlton before we hit the St Kilda subject? Um, nothing, nothing worth talking about. Okay, well, the main thing that stood out for me on Sunday's game, which I was at live, was, yes, I know um, St Kilda wasn't their best game in front of goal. Then again, it wasn't North Melbourne's best game in front of goal. But if you look back in um, history of Lion versus the little thug as coaches, there's always, even when he was at Hawthorne, there's always been similar games where it's just an absolute scrap and it's almost like um, Clarkson just wants it to be skill-errored and whatnot to keep it close. Yeah. Um, so I don't necessarily judge St Kilda harshly on the game. I'm not surprised when you accumulate, look a bit across the accumulation of times have gone head-to-head and the way the games play out. What I did pick up on, though, is that St Kilda um, press that keeps the ball inside their 50, they were allowing North that one pass. It was only about a 15-metre pass into the pocket every time they kicked out. Um, Now, what probably should have happened was they should have been marking that guy and that probably would have um, opened the game up quicker. Um, the one it took to open up because North were just playing kick to kick to kick um, along that lines. It was um, quite interesting to see, and you, every time there was a kicking, you could see it was going to happen. It was the kicker in was always going to kick to fifteen to twenty minutes to the pocket. They weren't doing the big run and kick it like a lot of the kick ins do these days with that yeah. new rule, um, which was interesting. Um, probably yet again, the thing that, um, and I harp on this a little bit, the thing that probably made St Kilda look a little bit better than North in the end was, yet again, they threw Sinclair into the centre. And, you know, he did the Rolls-Royce thing and hit targets and, in fact, even kicked a goal on the run, uh, which was quite impressive. Uh, uh, for St Kilda... I think Membry needs to go back and have a rest and um, run around with Sandringham for a couple of weeks. He's just not got the touch at the moment. And I do think the biggest lapse that's happened for St Kilda since um, he's come back is Caminiti going out suspended, who was doing good things in the forward line. 
and an underdone memory coming back seems to be why we've stopped that flow in the actual uh, forward line. And um, it'd be interesting to see what happens now that Caminiti's back available this week. Does he come back in? And the other, the other third point I'll make is I wouldn't be playing Max King this week, nor would I be playing him next week. I'd be playing him in Sandringham for a couple of weeks and let his first game be a game in Melbourne, not send him on the road. Just um, think he probably seen he hasn't played since August. I, I believe he probably would benefit from a couple of weeks of just getting his hands on the pill, even if it's only two half games at Sandringham. He he is they they like yeah don't rush him back I do agree but don't you think he's needed like you guys really like you're missing him like you, no, no, I, no you don't think so oh look we're missing him at the moment but I would um much prefer to see if we miss him if Caminiti's back because he was a absolute um breath of fresh air before he got suspended he crashes yeah. back he's yeah, mobile yeah. that's true yeah. And we've lost that since he's been out. And then they brought back Memory, who's underdone, mm-hmm. had a not not an overly impressive game at Sandringham um, the week before he come back. And I suspect he only came back because Kevin and he, um got suspended. I reckon he would have had a couple more weeks at Sandringham. And uh, Philip, who's playing playing a bit bigger than he is, I would say he's doing he's doing pretty well. I've been impressed with him as well. And um. And yeah, not to mention Sinclair. He's yeah, he's been phenomenal for you guys. Like yeah, yeah. Sinclair's really good. Yeah, and, and an, another breath of fresh air for St Kilda has been Filippo, and yeah. also who got nominated this week for the Rising Star nomination, and also Mitch Owens. What an oh, yeah. ring a ding ding he is. Yeah, he's um, uh, he's turning into a very nice player, isn't he? He's almost, this might sound a bit silly, but he's almost that sort of um, height where he's almost like a, he's almost a bit like a herd where he could, if you had to, you can play him as a key like they are, or he could run through the midfield, or he could play as a third tall and that sort of thing, if you know what I mean. Yeah. No, he's um, he's an awkward size too, isn't he? I think he is. you're looking for a match-up. Yeah, because if you get someone that can go off him on the ground, he's going to kill him in the air. So, yeah. and if you got someone that can go off him in the air, he's going to kill him on the ground. It's it's actually a really really good um, problem to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, so, not too bad at all. So saying that, we've actually not long had the ten minute warning. Is there anything else um, pressing? Um, I believe Jeremy's. Um, potentially disciplining one of his children tonight and couldn't join us. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we won't say which child, but let's just say it's potentially the one that's of the gender that um, he's only got one of. So <laughs> anyone that knows will know what that means. Um, is there anything else burning, lads? Um, I think well, the biggest it, thing is the, the yeah. booing. Which I think it looks like Josh said he was going to say, but um, <laughs> oh, all, I'm gonna say, all I'm going to say on this is that two points. 
I don't know if it's Sydney and I don't know if it's the AFL, but one of them is pushing hard to try and make this a racism issue, um, which it's mm-hmm. absolutely not. So you can fuck off with that. No. No. Um, the the amount of people that think it's a racism issue, well, for, for it to be a racism issue, one of two things had to have happened on the weekend. You know, Lance Franklin's played 346 games up to right now as we speak. So for it to be a racism issue, it would mean that Lance Franklin would have had to automatically and magically have just become Indigenous on the weekend or 70,000 people magically became racist on the weekend. Um, and why was no other player booed? Why, why, why? if it's a racism issue, why aren't all Indigenous players being booed? So the AFL, they're, they're pushing hard for the clubs to make a stance on the voice to parliament and all this sort of stuff. They want to divide by race. It seems so. They need to pull their heads in. Story. Um, If you if you're a paying member of the public, which every fan is, as soon as you walk through that gate and paid your money, you've earned the right to cheer or boo as loudly and as much as you want. I couldn't. I couldn't say it better myself. Like they, they, like people are complaining about booing, but you got, you got people. Like in the crowd that like you know swear in front of children, you know I know that was a that was an issue a few weeks ago. They're like you got people swearing in front of children. That's just a part of footy culture. Like I'm not saying it's good to swear in front of children, but I'm saying that's that's worse than like booing. That's just a part of sport. Like any sport, any sport you boo. Like like you boo when they come out when because it's the opposition team. You're not booing. Like you just. You're just booing because you don't like the other team. But you know, you know, <laughs> like, you know, you know there's, 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 there's generally two reasons that um, opposition supporters will boo a certain player. It's because they've dog shotted one of their players, um, like Steve, uh, Darren Milburn did on Steve Silvani at Optus Oval back in the day. Um, or you're a very, very good player. So if you're getting booed by the opposition fans, um, it's actually a sign of respect. Okay, yeah, Pendlebury, well, I'm Pendlebury, got Pendlebury got booed by Essendon fans. Like, so what? Anyway, sorry, go on. Yeah, I was going to be controversial because I read um, a certain member of this panel's Twitter today, actually, while I was in hospital having another procedure, and um, someone made a point of calling our said panel member white privileged. That is racist. Uh, yeah, so we, we could go on for hours on this topic. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Is that is a racist comment, calling someone well, white right. privilege? That is correct, yes. Some of these people don't realise that, um, that no one's got a monopoly on racism. Every race can be racist towards another one. Yeah. But that's a whole that's separate issue. Now, I've got uh, one. Uh, just go, before you go, if it's, if it's racist to... Boo and abuse. I'm sorry, Holman. I didn't mean to abuse you. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, bring up that Fox footy footage. Um, now, um, last week I was a little bit disappointed and let down, um, as you know, Tim, um, with Falcon Watch. But um, no, no Falcons were brought to my attention and watching back through a couple of games during the week um, – there was nothing last week, but but this weekend, North Melbourne and St Kilda, two Falcons 
in the same quarter of the same game. One was uh, Todd Goldstein. I think he was coming in for a ruck contest for a boundary throw-in and uh, he's mistimed the ball and it hit him square in the face, which was sensational. Um, and there was another one, I think another boundary throw-in again where um, Seb Ross has turned his back to the ball and it hit him on the back of the head. Um, just a beautiful thing to see, the Falcon. Um, so I'll post oh, both of those on our um, on our Facebook and Twitter pages tonight or just tomorrow. Before we, just before we go, um, I... I would argue a back of the head's not a pure falcon. Oh, I reckon no, that's not. more like a bloody bluebird. Because... Yeah, it's got it, to be the not, face. But, but yeah, I, it, it's, to the face is obviously the holy grail. But when we when we went a week without one, um, any any falcon was a good falcon. Okay. All right. Well, that, there you go, listeners. How do they get us on social media, Woody? Um, just search for NPO Sports on Facebook or hit us up on Twitter, NPO underscore sport, um, especially if you happen to see or hear of a falcon. Um, more more than happy to do the research for those. Um, and just quickly, one thing, Josh Schultz from Twitter, um, just wanted to make mention that um, he thinks he's a Lions fan. He thinks Jack Payne will end up one of the competition's best key defenders in the coming years. Um, and look, it's probably not a ridiculous statement to make. Um, he's he's doing some very good things there for um, Brisbane. Okay, and Josh will be utilising Zaggy 2's velvet tones in our um, episode. And also, Josh will be doing some editing, won't you, mate? Yeah, should I add some booze into the intro? No, no, no. Uh, if you must. I'd be more than okay and, with that. And all I can <laughs> say is, as we leave, it's a great day to be a Lakers fan. 3-1 up. Let's go, Lakers. Let's get that fourth win. Yeah, it's all about LeBron now. <laughs> <laughs>